This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Lesson 22 of Equine Clicker 101 Podcast on Horse Radio Network. Introduction to the Reverse Round Pen. Equine Clicker 101 is a podcast that takes you to the class to learn and practice clicker training for your horse. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible, and they're awesome. They are Jeffers Equine and Cavalier Feed. This is Shauna Karish, and in today's episode, what we're going to talk about is introducing you and your horse to the reverse round pen. I think today we'll probably be talking about introducing you and how to make a reverse round pen and why you'd want to, but we're going to use this. It's a great tool for helping our horses to create balance and self-regulation and learn the gates on a verbal cue and and a thousand other things. So we'll get to more of that in a little bit. A lot of times people ask me, where do I get things like clickers and targets? And now they're going to ask me about a reverse round pen. <laughs> but clickers and targets and side buckets are all the different pieces or even videos in a book that I have. Um, where can you get those? You can get them at my website, which is www.on-target-training.com. Another thing, if you, for all the other things you need for your horse or for you, or for even your dog or your cat or your cow, you can go to Jeffers Pet, Jeffers Pet and Equine. They have all sorts of things that cover a gamut and they're a family run company. So they're awesome. So let's learn more about Jeffers Pet. Jeffers Equine provides quality horse supplies at affordable prices. Located in Dothan, Alabama, Jeffers combines the best of both worlds. As a family-owned tack and supply company, you get the kind of customer service only a small business can offer. Yet, with Jeffers' combined buying power of pet livestock and equine e-commerce sites, you get a wide variety of products at reasonable prices. So when you need tack or supplies for your horse life, from draft to mini or casual trail to competitive sport, www.jeffersequine.com has you covered. So you may be saying to yourself, what is a reverse round pen? <laughs> now, the reverse round pen is something that um, I've used for quite a while. Other people come up with their own kind of little things like this, too. But it is something that has been a great tool. It, it's, it's a round pen where the horse is on the outside and you're on the inside. Now, does that not sound strange? But it's so effective because what it does, it gives your horse choice. And that is really, really important. Your horse can work or not work. And it's interesting to see. They'll go buck off a little bit and then they tend to want to come back and work with us. But I use it. I really do use it for one. It's a great way for protected contact. Well, let me tell you, you need to visualize what it is. Um, you can make it out of different things. So you can go to Jeffers and get those, uh, you know, those, um, for electric fences, those step in posts, you have those little plastic ones that have the kind of the sharp point on the end. You can get those and then you can use just nice wide electric tape around the top of it. Um, you don't have to electrify it. It's just there for kind of a, a semi barrier or kind of to make a round pen. So you can get a bunch of those and put them in a circle and create, um, a round pen out of that. 
You can use um, one of the things I've had people use barrels and jump poles or standards and like jump standards and jump poles. Um, one of my favorite things to do is I will get the larger, like the 28 inch cones, traffic cones. And then they also have something, and this is going to be all fancy way to do it, but at traffic cones for less, I'm not kidding. That's the name of it. Trafficconesforless.com is where we got our, um, where we got our cones and they, it is a better price than getting them at Home Depot. It's less trouble than stealing them off the highway, which you should not do, but you can go to trafficconesforless.com. And the other thing they have besides the cones, which are great, and I don't get the biggest ones because the 28 inch ones, I can step over pretty easily. The horse doesn't really tend to want to step over them. Yeah, no, they can now and then. I've had one jump over here and there. but um, And then they have these extendable poles that actually are made for traffic control. So they go on they go on the top of the cones. And so they, they can extend their short ones that I think go from six feet to eight feet and then ones that go from up to 10 feet. And so we get those poles and they are light and they're telescoping and they have little loops that sit right on top of the traffic cone. Now, now that I've said that, you can also visualize making something yourself out of something. You know, there's other things you can do where you could skip, you know, you could take bamboo and put rope around it tied to things. So you can be clever. I'm just telling you what I have and what you see in the picture for the episode. So um, this is where I do. We start with a reverse round pen. I tend to want to make it on a 20 meter circle. I want the horse to be, because if we, if we think about basic, um, kind of basic moves in dressage and stuff, a 20 meter circle is a nice large circle. They can have more balance. It, if we make our, and so I make it where the horse is at 20 meters. So it is, I walk it out to where the horse would be. We measure it out and I make it at a 20 meter circle. So it's a nice, large reverse round pen. Um, and sometimes I have to make it a little smaller, but just because the arena may not allow for the horse to have the freedom to get by easily on certain sides. But the reason I like it so big is, so a smaller um, reverse round pen it, 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 a horse on a tight circle on a small little circle, they can't really balance very well. And so we want to make it where we can help them to balance correctly. So the bigger you can make the circle, the better the balance, the, the easier it's going to be for your horse to do something like canter. Trotting isn't as hard on a small circle, but they can still get kind of wheelie like a motorcycle going around if it's too tight. So we want them to be able to stay upright. We, I always want to be thinking about the biomechanics of the horse and how can I help him to use himself correctly. So having a nice big circle gives him a, as much space as we can to go and, and use himself more correctly. And so I found the 20 meter circle. It's still close enough that I can function with him and I can fade to the middle and he gets better about being out on the circle, but it also helps him to be able to be balanced and getting something to doing canters is not quite so challenging. Oftentimes when we have struggles with a horse on a canter, it, a lot of times it is a, 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 a lack of strength, a lack of muscular chur that can support them in that. And, and having that really tight circle does not help a horse to, to, it's not as conducive to helping him develop correctly. So by having the big ones, I can also, this tool, this using the reverse round pen, it is a way we can actually, you'll start to see the horse develop muscle. 
you know, you'll see him start to get stronger and use himself better. And with, um, with selective bridging, which I'm going to explain that I know we've talked about it before, but selective bridging means I only, I get the concept down. And as we progress, I start getting a little more selective about my criteria. So pretty soon I can shape that through selective bridging into more and more and more of what I want. So at first, let's say for Murray, Murray's a big one who I do the reverse round pen with, um, taking him out to do that in the beginning, I will, and say, just trot, you know, whatever that looks like. I don't care if you're all strung out and not using yourself. Well, that doesn't really matter. And your head's high, just trot. And as you get trot down, then I start to say, okay, that's nice. But now you're not ideally going in the best, you know, way that you can use yourself as, as strongly as, as possible. It's for longevity and health of all your limbs and joints. And so I'll watch as Murray would start to lower his head a little bit. Now I'd say, now that's better than having your back, your, uh, your head high and your back hollow. At least you have your head down. Now that doesn't mean he's under himself and using his hind end yet, but it's a beginning. So I start going, yes, I like it when your head's down better. And so now he starts to get the idea. Oh, I keep my head down. When he starts doing that, he kind of starts raising his back. Now, as he starts raising his back, he starts bringing his hind end under. So this is something through weeks as he develops and gets stronger, he has the strength to carry himself better and more balanced and using him, getting his hind end under. I start to see his hind end stretching underneath of him and you see the whole package kind of start to change, the whole biomechanics and the way he's moving and using himself. And of course they can't do it um, in the beginning, they don't have the muscles to do that. It takes a while till they get enough strength to be able to carry themselves properly. So I think this is a big key when we're doing the reverse round pen for trying to build up muscles at, and using themselves well. That it does take a while. It's not something that's going to be a quick fix. It's not the understanding that is the trick here. It is now developing them so that they are not getting sore. They're not overdoing it. If we get them all sore and overdone it, they're, they're not going to think this is very fun, you know? And so if we're clever, we go along and they keep thinking this is great fun. And the next thing you know, they're fit, they're in shape, they can move well, and they, they've got some balance and we, we've, and they can go for longer and longer and longer periods of time. So where, and, and for some of you, even getting them to trot will be a big deal. And for some of you getting them to not run off will be your big deal. But anyway, so the reverse round pen has lots and lots of great, great tools for it. The other thing I use it for quite a bit is, um, it is a protected contact. So it's a way that I can work with, let's say I have a really young horse who's prone to a little bit too much energy. Uh, this is a way, or even, you know, we've worked through some issues and we've got them in a better mental place, or maybe they were kind of a little bit touchy, you know, and you felt like they're not the happiest horse and you've got them in a better place. But sometimes when you step in a little bit, having a little bit of protected contact, now they can bust through this thing pretty quickly, but it does set up a bit more protected contact. So it's a way that I can work with that energetic horse and keep myself a little bit safe. Or if it's a horse who's worried, they're staying safe because they are are they're feeling the sense of safety because sometimes they feel safer with a fence between us. So it is great for, um, for kind of teaching that young horse how to manage their energy before we're right beside each other. So if they need to go kicking and bucking off, they can do that. I'll be here in my little place and, until they can sort that out. So it's a great way to start to develop some of that in, in a safe environment. Now, 
And then also another thing I quite like is I can start teaching verbal cues. So I can now start pairing as we go through the first exercise, and this is what we'll try to work on today, start pairing my walk, trot, canter, ho, whoa, whatever you want your verbals to be, that you can start creating a verbal cue that can then hopefully you can then easier, makes it easier to transition to under saddle. So as we are going on to introducing the different parts, we have more communication and more cues in place that we can transfer to the next phase of written work. So really a lot of times the reverse round pen is a conduit for training a horse and preparing them for ridden work. But I also like to do this before I ever introduce him to lunging, because this is your kind of our lunging. You're just you're on the outside. We're not attached. You can do what you want. But I want him to learn the concepts of what to do with it. Everything I want to do with the horses, I want to do it at Liberty first, if there's any way I possibly can. And boy, I have found a way to teach pretty much anything at Liberty. So it's just being clever. But I want to be sure that my horse is showing me I get it. I know it. I understand it. I show up and I want to do it. When I have all those pieces in place, then adding on, you know, let's say it's just the halter and lead rope. Then adding on the lead rope, they already get what to do. They know how to lead and walk and stop and go and follow a target. The lead rope's just an incidental that then gets turned into a cue through positive reinforcement. So it's the same thing I want with lunging. It's the same thing I want with ridden work. I want them to understand these different components before we go there. So instead of just putting a lunge line on and getting a lunge whip and say, go, I say, hey, let's work on our, our cues. Let's get our verbal cues worked out. Let's get um, you in shape a little bit more to do this. Let me see that you can practice some self-regulation, impulse control, self-control, whatever you want to call it, but that they can, they don't just go, Wee and run off, but they can go, I can go up, I can go down, I can trot, I can canter, I can go both directions, and that they can they can do that and keep themselves together. For a young horse, sometimes when they go into cantering or even kind of trotting quickly, that can go into play for them. And that can, they don't know how to differentiate between I'm working at a higher pace and, and I can regulate that, or I, this just feels like I'm playing with my friends. So it's a really good way to, to practice all those elements before you introduce the halter or the, the, the lunge line or lunging equipment to the equation that you can first say, do you get this? Do you know this? Do you like this? And you have them where they've developed some balance and some, um, you know, some understanding of what they're doing and they, they like it and they're a little bit fitter. So it, that's a great way to go. Cause of course, if they're not fit and we then take them to the other places, it can be, that is an aversive. If you're out of shape and you haven't, you know, let's say you broke your leg and you've sat on the couch for, you know, a month trying to get better. And then you go out to run like you used to, or just to even try to get back to walking. Even just the simplest things can be really aversive because it's hard and you're out of shape and you're, you're not, your muscles aren't there and your lungs aren't there. So it takes a bit, it will be aversive at first. So if we do it and we can build that up, we can minimize the, the aversion to it and get, get them enjoying it. We used to have the sea lions, run stairs <laughs> in the stadium. They ran stadium stairs, but 
so we did A to B's, going from point A to point B. So one person's at the top, one person's at the bottom, or one person's midway in between at first, or one person's two stands up at first. Until, but they could they could just go right back to the pool. The pool was right there, and at first they would. They go, that's kind of hard. But we started little until pretty soon they're going up and down the stairs, and there it was a great way to exercise, but we had to go about it slowly. So it's a we need to do the same with our horses. Think if your horse could leave. Well, with the reverse round pen, they can. And so now they can give you more information. And remember, even though sometimes we may not like the outcome of the answer that they give us, it is information and it's important information to have. Because if we understand how they feel and we they and they've told us because they just walked away or they left or they ran away or whatever it is, we go, okay good information to have. And that lets me think, okay, maybe I need to do a little less. Maybe I need to do a little bit of this. Maybe I need to do a little bit of that. So it's this constant kind of communication that we go through as I gather information and figure out how do I need to adjust to help this be more fun or to be more of a choice. Anyway, so the reverse round pen is amazing. As I set them up, I think about the footing where I'm going to set them up because if it if I expect them to be in the initial steps, if you're just walking around it, you can do it just about anywhere. But it, when it comes to wanting, if you want to get them to a trotting place, then we need to get, um, we need to have it be good footing so that it is something that is, they're not going to be stumbling and tripping and falling or, you know, twisting and turning. And, and you may choose to have it be an up, you know, it may not be completely level because you can do it in a paddock. You can do it in an arena. You can do it, you know, you can do it all sorts of places. So um, I like to do the reverse round pen. I typically think of setting it up in an arena. It's big enough to give them plenty of room to to run off. I want them to have a choice. I don't want it to feel I like some people have said, why don't you just put up another set of round pen around the round pen? I'm like, well, that defeats the purpose, they need to be able to go off and go wherever they want to, you know, so I want them to show me that they're choosing to come over here and work with me. Do you know, I even um, used a reverse round pen with a couple of young um, camels (laughs) and they were, they were young males, you know, they were intact males, but they were very playful and those feet can go anywhere. And so in that situation, that reverse round pen was definitely for my safety. And when I said, go ahead, let's trot. And then you saw those lumpy big things. It was hilarious. But anyway, so you can use it in all sorts of situations and it's a great tool. So I use the reverse round pen quite a bit. Also, there's times sometimes when I feel like, you know what, you know, Murray has too much energy. I'm going to let him go around the reverse round pen a few times and, and let him, isn't that a nice way to say it? I just realized I said that, but it is key. I'm not making him do anything. I ask him or I let him do it. So as he goes out and he can go around a little bit and it takes a little bit of that edge off. If I feel like I've got, I haven't seen him in a few days and he's just really too bright. I can, it can help him slow down and relax and be able to focus a little bit more. So it's a great tool for, even more things than I can mention right now. So, so it's very, very important. And, and making it is going to be part of your homework for, for this one. We're going to talk about an exercise that we can do to prepare for what we're going to do around the reverse round pen. But and maybe you already have one. Maybe this isn't a strange concept. Or maybe you've read and you've got one for yourself, but you, you haven't really known how to use it. But I tell you, anybody who sees it, everybody who comes from workshops, they go home and they want to make a reverse round pen because it's such an amazing tool to be to be used. 
Okay, so clearly this is something I like. So I'll I'll tone it down a bit now. So why don't we do this? What we're going to do is we're going to do uh, the Liberty Leading exercise. Essentially, we're going to do. Remember that was lesson two, so it was the very it was the second show. It was the very beginning. Um, the the Liberty Leading is such a great exercise because it does help them practice some of that self control. We may we build a nice strong reinforcement history with the downward transition for those horses that are too goy, and for those horses that are a little bit of slow, we get to build a nice strong reinforcement history for going. So we start to kind of change those things and get those pieces going to where they can walk with us and they can trot with us and they can stop with us and they can turn right and they can turn left and they, and they can take little teeny tiny extra show steps. And they, it's just, it's a great tool. It really helps helps the focus. It helps with self-regulation because we get to build a reinforcement history with the, the, their choice to choose to slow down or to speed up or whatever it might be. But this is also going to be a tool that now we're going to use the Liberty Leading is the very beginning of the reverse round pen. So we're just going to do kind of a little bit of a practice with it. And I'm just, this is a reminder about the Liberty Leading is I find it, it's an amazing tool for, um, I, I go back to it for a lot of things. A lot of times when people are having an issue, I find that it might just be the focus. It may be that they're not slowing down, paying attention. It, that maybe they're not regulating themselves enough. We've forgotten how important it is. But it is really a really strong tool. And I encourage you to visit it often. But in this exercise, we're going to have to visit it. So I think it'll be a great way. We'll get started. And it is the beginning of the pieces that we're going to use for the reverse round pen as we want to fade ourselves off of the perimeter. So as we're thinking about a place to work. Of course, we are going to be working at Liberty, as I pointed out. But what we also, you want to be sure that you have room to move so that your horse is free to go. So it doesn't want to feel too small or too congested. Um, so your horse can move off if you need to. If, it, if you're in a round pen, if it's a large round pen, that's okay. If it's a really small one, that might not be the ideal working space for this exercise. For a lot of things, I prefer that they have room to go if they want to go. Also, while I'm at it, some horses, if you've done a lot of more traditional based stuff in the reverse round pen, some horses I found have been quite soured. And not the reverse round pen, but have been, if you've done a lot of displacement um, with the horses in a round pen, some of them haven't always taken to it. So sometimes it has a different connotation to them. So sometimes being a reno with lots of places to go can really help them to feel more choice and, and, and give you more information. So you do want to work with your horse one-on-one. -on -one. So it's not ideal to have other horses with you. So it's just kind of a reminder of all these little places. So let's get ourselves to some arena or pasture that's big enough to room, move where we can trot, where you can kind of feel like you have enough room to move. <laughs> anyway, so just kind of stuff to think about and think about your footing, because if we're going to ask our horses to trot, we want to be sure it's a place where we can trot, but they can too. So let's go ahead and I want you to get your pieces together, get yourself into a good working place, and we will reconvene in a moment. So go ahead, get your all your gather up all your goods, get your horse, and we will meet in the lab portion. So talk to you in a minute. All righty, here we are. Well, I have with me today. I have Ernie. 
And Ernie is really new to this training and he doesn't, and he's young. He's a, I guess he's now five, but he is coming along and learning to, to do these different pieces. So, um, he is kind of newer to even the Liberty leading, but he's doing quite well and quite motivated. And he's very focused as a sensible little guy. But so I am going to, we're going to do a practice first of Liberty leading. I'm, I'm assuming at this point that you have all done this. Good boy. I, I'm stand, I'm just clicked and fed him. He's just standing with me nicely right next to me. So I, um, I'm assuming that everybody has listened to the Liberty leading uh, lesson and that you are proficient in it. If you have not, or you are not proficient yet, or if your horse has lost their way and kind of forgot this part because it was a while ago, I want you to stop right now and go ahead and, and go listen to lesson two and get a reminder and kind of practice it a little bit so you get those pieces in place. We can work it out a little bit in this this session, but if you're, if you're feeling like you're really amiss, then it, it's going to behoove you to just stop and and I take that step and work work on those pieces. And and I want a reminder with that. Learning training is not this linear pattern. <laughs> it zigs and zags and goes up and back and over and around. And and we're just training the horse that shows up today. So if you think no, we had that down three months ago, it doesn't mean it may be down now. And it, that's not a bad thing. You just say, well, here we are. And we're just going to work from the place that we are right now. So I really encourage that people don't see this as success and failure. It's just, this is where we are. Some, you know, things happen and we forget, or we haven't worked it or other things replaced it. So it doesn't, it's not a, a judge to go ahead and take a step back or to, to go rehearse some things or practice some things. Okay. So what I'm going to do with Ernie, and he's just kind of wandering around right now, and that's okay because I'm just going to talk for a moment. What we're going to do in this exercise that I would like to do is we are going to be preparing for when we do have the reverse round pen with us. When we have the reverse round pen, we're going to start. They don't know magically what to do when we're standing in the middle of it. We're going to start with them on the outside and us on the inside, but basically we're about the same distance as our Liberty leading, maybe a little wider because they have to go around the cones, but they're going to be, we're going to be like our Liberty leading. So we want, I want them to think that I want them to watch me and be paying attention to me. And I want them to mirror me a bit because that is, this is what we've worked on with the Liberty leading and I want to carry it away. And basically what we're going to fade to is it's going to be Liberty leading kind of remotely, you know, because eventually we'll be in the middle of the reverse round pen and they'll be on the outside, but they're still focused on us and paying attention to what we're doing. So in this part, we're going to be doing Liberty leading with verbals. So I want you to start thinking about what you're going to want. I tend to say, walk on, trot, canter, hoe, easy. I, that's, that's a me thing that I, when I've got a little too much you know, too bright. A lot of times I say easy to bring things down a little, but not stop. But that's something I've worked with. And so you may have your own vocabulary. So working on those parts, picking out the words you want, but no, those are the words I'm going to use and you can use your own words. So I'm going to start to put on the walking with me is going to go to a verbal cue so that I can get them to listen to me. And again, I can transition those to under saddle uh, cues later on. So I want them to be really strong in listening to what I'm saying. The other thing I do too, because really what I think about for a lot of, I want 
Ernie or any horse to be able to be lunged like a regular horse. This is something that vets do quite often. They may encounter somewhere, even if it's not really something that I think, you know, I'm not really big on doing a lot of lunging, but it doesn't matter. I, as a service to my horse, I need to prepare him for life in the real world. Or if my vet comes out and he's off and he's not well for some reason, and we need to see how he's moving, I need to be able to have him lunged. I think it's just something he needs to understand to it's just to prepare him for any time he may be in the real world. Even if I think I'm never going there, you never know. So I want him to be able to be lunged. I want him to understand what a lunge line is. I want him to understand. I want him to see a lunge whip and not think whip at all. I want him to think that's just a big long arm out there. So what I'm going to do is I'm also, as I ask him to go, as we start to walk on, I'm going to raise my arm. So I just kind of hold it up and point towards their barrel hind end dish. So it's kind of a, I don't want to feel driving. I want to feel more like where my leg would be. So I tend to say my cue as my hand comes up because as I fade myself to the center and if a person does pick up a lunge whip, I do want them to see that raised arm as the cue. I don't want the, the lunge whip will be an incidental versus it's not to be the incentive. It's not to chase them. It's not to be an aversive, but if they see it, I want them to think, Oh, I have a great history of that thing. It's just a really long arm. So I hope that makes sense to everybody, but that's my choice. So I tend to go to the middle and I hold my arm up and walk on with them. So what I'm going to do in this exercise is start saying the word and starting to just hold my arm out as I go. When I stop in this particular exercise, I'm going to kind of begin to I'll stop and drop my arm at the same time. When we get to the liberty, when we get to the center of our uh, reverse round pen, we're going to change that up a little bit. Our body position can be a little bit more um, helpful. But for now, I just want the arm to be a little bit something they become familiar with as we pair it with the verbals. Okay, I'm going to get Ernie back over here because he's just sniffing all around, having a good old time. Okay, Ernie. Good boy. So he came, he knows a hand target and I clicked and fed him for coming over. And so that was terrific. And I reinforced him. I'm stopping. I'm uh, going to have him turn his head away. Just walking with, I mean, so stop shoulder to shoulder. I'm on his left side. I just want him to keep his head to himself. I want to see he's relaxed and focused and he is. So I'm reinforcing him for that. I'm going to repeat that again. I tend to want to start like that because it's it's a nice reset and it brings them down, it reminds them. So I'm going to introduce uh, my hand. It's the hand closest to him. My hand's gonna go up as my feet start to walk as I say my voice. So I'm going to actually, my I'm gonna walk a skosh after my voice and hand go up. So I'm gonna say, walk on. And now I took a step, good boy. And he's walking with me. I'm gonna click and I'm gonna reinforce him. He just kind of walked with me and, you know, but there was a, a Scotia delay. He may have been, he may have just kind of for that second, not known, but as soon as my feet started walking, he thought, oh, go. Now, the reason I put the, the arm and the verbal first is I want him to hear them. And then I back it up immediately with something familiar with a cue that he does know. So he starts to see the others and anticipate, oh, oh 
that means the next part's coming. So pretty soon he will, he's paying attention to my hand and my verbal as well as my feet. So I want, I'm just trying to raise the awareness of that element that comes first and following it with the well-rehearsed cue. Okay, so we're going to do this again. Walk on. Good boy, and we're walking. We're going to walk a little bit more this time. And ho. And so I said ho, and I dropped my hand. I'm clicking and feeding because he stopped right away. I mean, he did. He's really, he's showing me right now, he's really in a good place and paying attention, very good attention to my feet and going, which I haven't done this with him in the past few days. So I wasn't sure he would be quite so on it. I'm going to reinforce him again. So he's doing great. Can I give him a bunch? Cause I quite, I like that. I like these early exercises to be very, very reinforcing so that we start something new. They start thinking, I love new stuff. You know, they don't see to something frustration that can creep in with learning. I want to minimize the stress by making sure it's very reinforcing when we go into new areas with unknown things. Okay. So because I haven't done it for a few days with him, I wasn't sure. Here you go. Here's some more. Good boy, Ernie. I wasn't sure how well he would be with this today, but there's the other side of the coin. A lot of times when we haven't done the, re the training for a little bit with the positive reinforcement, they tend to be extra enthusiastic and extra attentive. So that just may be a little bit the case today with him. And that happens when we have a strong reinforcement history. Okay, here we go again and walk on. And we're walking. He's doing great. I got my arm up. Good boy. I'm going to click and feed him. So I liked it. I clicked again for the walking portion. And you can see we're already building up a little bit more duration with it. He knows how to do it in the long haul. You know, he knows what to do. But I'm still, I'm adding it in with the, the arm and the verbal. But I think the arm is probably the consistent that it goes. And when the arm goes down, he comes down. So let's begin again. And I'm going to try a trot with him this time. Okay, but I'm going to start in the walk. Okay, walk on. Arms up. We're walking. He's walking. And trot. Good boy. Good, good. And so as I said trot, I gave it a skosh before I actually bounced into the trot. And then I went up into the trot. He matched me in the trot and I clicked and reinforced. Now, if I felt like I had too much Ernie, you know, let's say he went to a really big trot. I may have um, slowed that down and had him go back to a walk. But he was good. He went into it and he settled right into uh, not feeling like I had a wild horse on my hands because that's not always the case. So that was great. He's eating. And we're going to practice this again. Okay, Ernie. And I'm going to go right to the trot. Trot! Good boy. Easy. Good. And I click that. So as he did, I think he was a little bit fired up from his last trot. And then we went right from a stop to a trot. And he kind of got a little bit excited. So I kind of, I took a deep breath and relaxed myself a bit and said, easy. 
and he slowed down a bit and settled a bit into it. So that was really nice. And I slowed my trot as coach too, because I want him to match me. And if I, maybe my energy's up of teaching something new and talking while I'm doing it, then maybe he just kind of read that a little bit. So I thought just me, take a deep breath, me relax. And he goes with me. So that was excellent. So now I'm going to do, so he's eating again. And now I'm going to do a chain. So I'm going to go, my plan is, sometimes this changes, but I'm going to go to the walk, to the trot, to the walk, to the hoe. So we're kind of putting them together. We're building it up a little bit. I'm going to keep my arm up the whole time as we go. Okay, Ernie, we ready? And walk on. Now we're walking. And I'm walking really slow now. I'm going to slow it down a little bit. And he's good. He's matching me with that. Now I'm going to walk bigger again. And so now he's walking big. I'm going to even it out a bit. And trot. Good. And walk. Good boy. And ho. Perfect. So when I said ho, I dropped my arm down, but he's really paying the most attention. The most information he's getting is out of my feet. So he knows that and he's watching that, but it gives me a chance to start pairing those cues together. And you know what? I think that's actually really good for him today. This is something we can continue to practice a little bit, but I think you get the idea and I don't need to kind of keep going right with you. So you can practice this a little bit more on your own. I'm going to practice it a little bit more on my own, but I don't need to keep talking through it. I think you kind of get the the concept of this, but you can kind of see where your horse is. Remember, you don't want to overdo it, particularly with new sessions. So get to a good stopping point with your horse. Remember to offer him a magnitude reinforcement or jackpot feed when you've done your session, because we do us taking us ending a session can be, it can be what's considered negative punishment. They don't want it to end and it can be unfun for them. So we, we balance that out by giving them that magnitude reinforcement at the end. So that was lovely. And I want you to wrap it up, get yourself to a good place, get your horse put away, wrap up your things and meet me back in the class. And we'll, we'll finish up with a little bit of homework and things we can do from there and getting you prepared for next week where we actually hopefully all have reverse round pins. Okay. Talk to you in a minute. All right. I hope that that went well to for you and your horse. And I hope that made sense about cues and transferring cues and getting prepared for the next part. Homework, of course, is important. It's shampoo, rinse, repeat. It, it is take some repetition and going slowly and going at their pace. So it's really important that we kind of think through what are the next steps? What is the next plan? What is the next place? What do I do next? And, and really watching our horses as we go. So we're going to have um, some exercise uh, or some homework to do. And we're going to visit that in a few minutes. So the other thing I want to do is, of course, is we're, as always, we are using food and treats and things with our horses. I'm very cognizant of horses that I work a lot of horses that have, you know, have issues for, you know, metabolic issues. I can't just give them sugary treats 
streets all the time or, or sometimes ever. So I need a good option. And I want to prevent my horse from any horse I'm working with from going into that place. So if I start early, I can keep them in a really healthy place and not push them into this insulin resistant metabolic, you know, in a, in a dietary trouble place. So I do that by giving sensible food. And I, one of the things I'll do is I use part of their food for the day. And what we feed them is Cavalor. It's minimally processed. It's really kind of like granola, less the sugar for horses. So it's very low in the sugars. It is something that is a, a very clean food for them. So it's a great thing to do. Sometimes even I mix some hay pellets in there with it too. If I have one that you know, I want to use a lower value food. I do put some of the Cavalier crunchies in and some carrots in because I think they're really nice to have some variety in there. But by and large, I want to work within their diet and their dietary needs. So you can do that by utilizing sensible foods. And Cavalier is really, it is my food of choice. I really like it. So to learn, why don't we learn? Why don't you learn a little bit more about Cavalier if you don't know already? Because they're an interesting company that's relatively new to the U.S. So let's hear a word from Cavalier. Cavalier is a horse feed, supplement, and care product company that was founded in Belgium 30 years ago. Now they've been producing feeds for the U.S. market since 2012. Its nutrition is designed for the way horses are meant to eat. Cavalier's philosophy is based around mimicking the horse's natural diet and how they would eat in the wild, while recognizing that the demands we put on them today are different than the wild horses of long ago. One of the things I love about Cavalier is that their products are natural, backed on research, that's science, and are proven to be effective. That's why Cavalier was a feed of choice for over 100 riders at the most recent World Equestrian Games, for riders of every discipline and from countries around the world. Not only do they make feed, but they also have a complete line of supplements and care products. If you've struggled with any kind of nutritional need with your horse, you know that not all products work as advertised. That's what makes Cavalier unique. Their products don't make it to the market until they've been proven effective in making noticeable differences in the issue a horse is facing. A lot of times we have behavioral issues with horses, but to be honest, a lot of these issues actually can have a nutritional root. With the positive reinforcement or clicker training, we strive to help the horse be truly happy. To me, the biggest part of that philosophy includes making sure I'm doing everything I can into to ensure their emotional as well as physical well-being. There's no denying that a good diet is a huge factor in that equation. And the best part is Cavalier's team is easy to work with. You can reach out to them through their website or Facebook page and a real life person will call you back to personally talk through your horse's nutritional needs. Learn more about the products at www.cavalier.com. US, or reach out to them through their Facebook page, Cavalier North America. You'll be glad you did. All righty. Well, we have some homework today. I think the biggest thing is kind of practicing with your cues, you know, your verbal cues and your arm cues and building on that duration. That part I don't think is so hard or or uncertain that that rehearsing it will help quite a bit. Your real homework this time is trying to figure out and setting up and finding pieces, researching, being clever about how to create a, a reverse round pen and where can you put that reverse round pen and, and considering, you know, is it a safe place? How is the environment? What is the footing? Is it a place I can work? If you're at a place where you can't leave the reverse round pen up, using those, um, those poles, the, the electric fence 
step-in poles are really good because those are typically very easy to put in, take out, put in, take out. And you can set it up really easy. It's really light. It's easy to set up. It's pretty portable. And sometimes you can even just leave it in places. But but here in, in New Mexico, oh, you're not getting anything in the ground because our dirt is so doggone hard that we needed another option. Another thing I want to tell you about the uh, traffic cones for less, they also, we also have extraordinary winds here in the high desert. So in the springtime, we can have gusts up to 50 miles an hour. That meant every day I would come out and my round pen was blown over. <laughs> Same direction every day, it seemed like. But they also, at the... Um, the traffic cones for less and there may be sister organizations in different, you know, Europe may have similar things, um, but they have weights you can put on them too. So that's just a little FYI. At first I was using yoga weights and I'd set them on them, but they actually have ones you can just set on there that make them quite heavy. So that's a little extra stuff. So your real homework today or this week or this time is to really get yourself sorted out with figuring out a pretty good round pen and getting yourself, you may need to experiment a little bit, you know, maybe you think this will be good and then you decide this. So that's your biggest homework for this. Meanwhile, just keep on track and refer rehearsing all the little things that your horse does in the, that we've done. Practice some of your old things, but, but work on that Liberty leading with our new cues added in. And next time we're going to talk about how do we do it with our round pen and how do we start fading ourselves to the center and the different elements. Okay. Well, one of the things you can do, you can listen to this episode, which you're listening to it right now, but you can listen to any episode, even old episodes that we've talked about and said to listen to. You can listen to it on most of your favorite podcast players. You can also listen, of course, on the Horse Radio Network app, which is on your iOS or Android devices. The beauty of that is it, it really is simple. It makes it easy. It's easier to keep track of. It's easier to find. I think the apps make it a much easier process. Kind of cuts out a few steps, I feel like. Anyway, so you can find that at the App Store. It's just Horse Radio Network app in the App Store. It's free. It's easy to use. And I want you to be sure to also go to Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. And it's because there's all sorts of fun shows on there. When I first started, I um, first met and got familiar with Horse Radio Network. I would be a guest way long ago on the Horse Radio Network Horses in the Morning. And it's a really fun show. So there's all sorts of shows, different disciplines, different you know, different topics that all related to horse stuff. And some are just really fun. They're all very, could be very informative. So take a look around. I think it's always fun to learn more and get to be better for our horses. The more we learn, the better we are. And remember, training should be fun for you and your horse. And that's what we're focusing on with the positive reinforcement. So that's what I'm going to leave you with for today. So until next time, enjoy getting your horse on target. <laughs> 